What's going on, guys, and welcome to Convos with God, where I talk with spiritual leaders about how to connect with God on the most intimate level to break strongholds over your life and live out your best life. Faith is something we can't see, we can't hear, and we can't feel. But without it, it seems as if though we have nothing. I'm on a journey to have conversations with the most spiritually sound people in the world to understand how to become your highest self. On this episode, I talk with Gabe Galvez, a pastor, entrepreneur, and music producer. Gabe is currently planting two churches in South Florida, one primarily Spanish and one primarily English. I met Gabe about a year ago, and it's been so cool to watch this guy at work. Gabe's combination of humility, poise, and wisdom is a breath of fresh air, and his perspective on life is something we all can learn from. A tried and true man of God. So without further ado, Gabe Galvez, a man of God in modern society. And I'm excited to have you on, man. I'm excited to be on, bro. Thank you, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, first question I just want to throw at you. I don't want you to think too hard about it. I want you to spit it out, all right? All right. Uh, if you can describe yourself in one or a few words, what would it be? Oh, man. Um, committed, um, weak, and creative. Wow, I really like those. Elaborate on weak a little bit. Um, I've... Well, I kind of get that from the principle where um, in the Bible, Paul talks about when we, when he is weak is that he is that he's strong. And that's basically an understanding of, you know, how weak we really are as far as um, how much you know, like self-control we have, how much control we can have over a given situation at any time. You know, like our, our, nothing is really ultimately under our control. Like, you know, we can't decide how long we're going to live. We can't decide, you know, the the things that will happen a week from now. Um, you know, unexpected things, right? You, 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 like the Bible says, man makes his plans, but, uh, you know, God is the one who ultimately, uh, man makes his plans, but God's purposes prevail basically right so uh in embracing our weakness we're really able to lean on the strength of god which is so much more effective and powerful than whatever we could ever do in our own strength that's good that's good so going on that um you said or you're you're a pastor Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) so where did you get the urge or the 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 passion maybe to become a pastor um and start leading people to christ it's um man that's that's interesting uh or i think i've started to feel that call maybe in my mid-teens i i, I would just kind of gravitate towards you know situations in which i would find myself you know caring for people um helping give advice uh guidance even people would just kind of you know, I, I, it's weird. I hate to make it sound as if I would be the go-to guy, but it, it just kind of like happened that way. People would just kind of come to me asking for guidance and, you know, prayer and things like that. And I found joy in it. I, I didn't really, it wasn't something that was draining to me or, or a drag or a burden. I actually found a lot of satisfaction from being able to help somebody out in a tough situation. And um, that kind of, I, I kind of, you know, pursued that, you know, route. And, you know, eventually it started to not just be, you know, people my age or people younger than me, but even I found myself counseling and helping uh, people that were much older than me even, you know, like I I can say that I've, you know, uh, I've shepherded and I'm even shepherd right now people that are, you know, even over 50, you know what I mean? Wow. So, yeah. And, uh, and it's, and, and, um, and I think what 
kind of made it more real was the fact that people like the pastors and elders and leaders that I looked up to, they kind of confirmed my gifts along the way and they kind of called it out on me, drew it out of me even more to kind of help me walk more confidently in it and not just, you know, be apprehensive about it in certain cases. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah, that, that reminds me of a quote I saw recently. It said, um, it was actually in a, the past service on Sunday. He said, you know, in order to be a leader, you have to learn how to follow, mm-hmm. you know. And there's a lot of power in, in what you said about being weak, you know, be like being confident in your weakness and knowing who you're following, yeah. you know. And that, that is a leadership mentality. And I could definitely see that from you. Mm. So, you know, we're all human. And like we get these feelings of doubt and insecurity or, you know, that, that feeling of weakness, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure, man. So well, I'm, I'm interested to hear like some things that, you know, when you're in that state of weakness or insecurity or doubt, what are some things that you, you, you use on like a day-to-day basis to help get you out of that? Um, the biggest thing is just the leaning on the promises of God, um, the big, the, the obstacle that we all have with that sometimes is that what we're experiencing, what we're going through can often feel like it's a bigger reality than the truth that we know from God's, you know, from directly from God's heart and God's mouth. Um, and there's a reason the Bible says, uh, you know, if, if, if whoever would receive Jesus must receive him as a child. You know, if you think about what a child, a child is so um, oh, I, I hate to say gullible, but a, a child will so easily believe something. If you tell a child is a monster in his closet, he will believe with every ounce of his being. He, you know, like the feelings of fear will come into that child and say, "There's a monster in my closet. I gotta stay away from my closet." Or, 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 or you know, their imagination is so, um, you know, rich that if if, if you like, uh, you know, tell them you're telling them a story about like a circus or animals, things like that, they'll they'll really believe that those things are there. And, and now that that's not to say that we're in denial of reality, but but there is a but the point that Jesus was getting to was the posture with which we have to approach his promises you know you, you must believe with the ease that I, like, like with the same ease that a child believes you know it's so easy it's so easy to believe things we must we must believe those things too and a lot of and and, and the truth of God's word is what we're called to believe and um and basically uh allow those truths to penetrate and saturate our being so that we can walk in them. Um, so whenever I'm experiencing feelings of doubt or discouragement, my, my challenge is always to um, not allow my situation or even my own feelings and thoughts to dominate or over or, or you know supersede the truth of God's word. And so I want to always make sure that I'm being intentionally uh, you know, I'm intentionally even even preaching the word to myself, preaching the gospel to myself. You know, because um, otherwise, you know, it's, it's almost like if you, if you if you're talking to yourself, you know, if you, and most of the time it's going to be negative stuff that you're talking to yourself, right? So talk to yourself back, pretty much. You know, like combat those words, and you combat it with the word of God. That's really good. I think it, there's just a level of changing your perspective on things. You know. We can be experiencing the same emotions and feelings, but if we have the right perspective and we're able to take ourselves out of our, you know, current problems or circumstances, we're able to see the the joy in that. We're able to feel the joy even though we're, you know, going through something that's tough. Yeah, for sure, man. Absolutely. So taking t- taking a step back out of you know individuals and stuff like that, how do you feel about the state of the world right now in like 2019? On like a global scale, maybe, you know? Oh, man. That's a loaded question there. 
Um, Christ's return is imminent. <laughs> I mean, he's coming back soon, man. You know, he's coming. It's his return is sooner today than it was yesterday, right? It's a very like, like a that's some truth, man. It's, it's true, truth, right? I know, <laughs> but it's, it seems so simple. Um, almost like, yeah, like, uh, like what's the point of even saying that? But I just see an uh, an increasing, you know, secularization of everything. We're trying to remove, like, I'll, I'll speak mostly in, like in the context with which I'm familiar with the most is, you know, our 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 nation, our country, our our, our you know state, even our city. Uh, that there is an increasing secularization, which means like we're trying to get away from the things of God and pretty much thinking that we can, uh, you know, handle things on our own, that we are good enough on our own and we don't need the influence of God. And, and that uh, in turn produces, you know, produces its own fruit. You know what I mean? Like where we become a law unto ourselves. And it, it, it was, what's interesting is that this isn't really the first time in history we see that. Uh, it's kind of like cyclical if you think if you think about it. Um, uh, usually there's a time of chaos, which, you know, leads to uh, reformation and change. There's a period of peace and order and things. And then ultimately we begin to degenerate back into our old ways. And it just happens over and over and over again. Now, I would say in our, in our time, we are living in what a lot of people would call post-Christian, post-modern, you know, like we're beyond post-modern at this point. You know, uh, there was a... Uh, there was a thought back in the day, I would say back in the day, like maybe like 50, almost 100 years ago, where it was like, if God is not real, then then what? Then what should we do? But nowadays, it's more like, since God is not real, mm. what, what do we do? Mm. Right? So that's the, like the, the frame of mind that most people are in, you know? But this... Um, and because of that, you see that we're kind of becoming a law unto ourselves. There is no, there is no absolutes anymore. Truth is whatever you feel like in the moment. Um, and, you know, and whatever countries and parts of the world you're in, that can just, you know, manifest in its own, uh, you know, at its own, at, it, at different levels. But at the same time, I see a lot of, uh, um, Tim Keller put it this way, the world is becoming increasingly secular, but also increasingly Christian, which is kind of uh, a paradox there. You see a lot, you see a lot of people trying to, you know, be mission minded and um, you know, you see like churches like uh, Hillsong Church and all these mega, the mega church movement is still growing and, and uh, you know, pressing forth. And at the same time, you see, uh, you know, people like those in my camp, like the reform people trying to almost trying to um, correct, rebuke and reproof, you know, what sounds like, um, you know, watered down Christianity and trying to make it more you know, to the book, so to speak. Um, so what is the difference between, you know, the megachurch message and, you know, the smaller church message? You know, is there a difference? You know, both of them can be can be good. Absolutely. The, the differences that I've seen, um, you know, on, on the grand scale of things is that most large churches um, seem to be focused on uh like casting the net really, really wide and trying to attract as many unbelievers as possible and get them into the fold, whereas the smaller churches seem to have more of a, a very um, strategic family structure. So it's very, you know, pretty much like equipping the people that are already there. Um, and, 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 you know, it's not a perfect, like, because it's, it's 
people that are you know doing this you know that are they're building the church it's not perfect in any means the mega churches have their strengths and weaknesses the smaller churches have their strengths and weaknesses i've seen uh, large churches that uh, do a great job of evangelizing but do a horrible job of discipling and i do I've seen smaller churches that do a great job of discipling but they mm -hmm. are not good at evangelizing so you know i think the important thing that we could that we could hopefully um, move toward is that we we would learn from one another and implement the good things about each other, you know, because at the, at the end of the day, God's working through both of these vessels, you know, whether it's the mega church or the small church, it's still his church. It's not ours. That's good. That's good. So there's a lot of talk about, you know, social media and what that, what that's doing to the society and stuff like that. What role do you see that playing in, in, in faith or, you know, more, more generally the, the state of the world, you know? Um, can you see social media being a positive? Hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, all tools are given to us, you know, with a sense of neutrality. You know, we can either use them for good or we can use them for bad. Same thing with money. A lot of people have a misconception that money is, you know, the root of all evil. When in fact, the love of money is the root of all evil, not money itself. You know what I mean? Same thing with, the, like, for example, uh, if you use a brick, a brick can be used to build a house or to throw to somebody's window and bust it. Hmm. Um, same thing with social media. Social media, you know, I'm sure that the intention of social media was to connect people that are far, far away. But, you know, ultimately, what do we see more of? <laughs> you know, the more that we're in it, we see people just arguing back and forth. There's keyboard warriors. There's, uh, you know, uh, bad things, you know, online bullying. Um, our, our insecurities are brought out more because what, what we see on someone else's Instagram is their highlights. And we compare other people's highlights to our, you know, to our biggest failures. And so, all, all, like, I think it's... Uh, you know, it can be either a good thing or a bad thing, depending on how you use it. But for that, there needs to be some kind of, you know, um, I guess, uh, over, I wouldn't say like a governing structure, but more like, you know, uh, it's really just a, a discernment kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, what are you allowing yourself to, um, to you know, to be be inputted into your system you know what i mean what are you allowing into your system through social media and what are you producing you know a, a lot of times what uh, what we produce can be kind of symptomatic of what's going on inside you know like people you see people posting really angry things or really insecure things you know people that are that that post uh whether it's pictures calling for attention or or you know drawing sympathy towards themselves because they because the more likes you get the more uh, <laughs> comments you I get. I actually saw on the news this morning right. that um, they're getting rid of likes this week, so we'll see. Really, we'll see. But yeah, interesting. I wonder yeah. how that's gonna play out. We'll see if that actually uh, goes through. But yeah, I heard on the news that likes on Instagram are no more after this week. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, what do you think about that? I think that's great, you know. I think I think that'll help us have more of a discernment and, and not so much an emphasis on the likes, but more of an emphasis on the quality or the things that we're actually putting out there. Sure, or it could be at the end of Instagram. <laughs> or <laughs> that could be the only reason. That because Instagram some people is. just post things just because they want to get likes and not right. because they actually feel like they have something to contribute. Some people, they, they, they use it as a functional savior, something that'll give mm -hmm. them some degree of validation. Mm -hmm. You know, it's good. Yeah, it's good. So you're planting a church. How's that going? Man, that is a blessing and it's also a challenge. Um, I think the the call to plant churches is um, absolutely important. You know what I mean? It's um, 
we need to be, you know, building God's kingdom on the earth. Okay, like I I felt this I felt that particular call near the end of uh, 2018, yeah, 2018, right along right around the time that I was getting ready to. Uh, you know, I was feeling like kind of two things. One was an increasing desire to plant churches or to at least be a part of planting churches. And also I felt like a season of my old, at my old church that I was actually on staff at was coming to an end. And it so happened that, you know, through the providence of God, he you know, opened up some doors. I was, I was contacted and invited to be a part of a couple of church plants that were just getting started. And, you know, I, I said, okay, well, you know what, two doors, two doors are opening, right? As I'm already sensing that a season for me is coming to a close here. I just kind of decided to take that leap of faith, you know, wasn't really exactly sure what I would do about income and work, but, you know, God's been providing up until now. And, and, and I would say abundantly so. So the, as far as, you know, like the internal workings of that, I think it's really been really cool um how has it been going it's um we for in one of the church plants we have about i would say steady 30 people um that's been meeting sundays at a cafe that's hope rise church there's a shameless plug there uh meeting well until 10 a.m every sunday um and the other one is Koinonia Church, which is a smaller church. We have maybe between 10 and 15 consistent people. Very, very small. It's really probably the size of a, of a small group. And what we've been doing is we've been um, meeting in different homes of the members every other Saturday since it's a smaller group. A lot of the members there are actually still in other churches or affiliated with other churches, but they've all, all felt the call to really be a part of, of helping to plant a new one. And so we're going to, and we're just, you know, following God's lead on it. We're not really, um, you know, what do you call it? Uh, which we're, we're taking it easy, but we're also trying to be a little more strategic with our approach to do it. We're trying to kind of implement cultural things into the, in, into this particular church, into, uh, into both of them, really, we're, because they're, they're so brand new that, you know, we want to make sure that we are um, intentionally, you know, building a culture, building uh, you know, a a community that's on mission that it is serious about learning the word of God, and so, yeah, man, I think it's been I think it's been going great. It's been going great. Awesome, man. So you said Hope Rise, Hope Rising, Hope Arise, Hope yeah. Arise. Oh, that's a good. I like that name. Yeah. And then the second one is Koinonia. Koinonia. Yep. What does that mean? Koino- Spanish? No, Koinonia is actually a Greek word. Um, it's a coin Greek word, which means uh, godly fellowship. Basically, so it's like the ideal of God's, uh, God's ideal of fellowship among believers, among brothers and sisters in Christ, and it's uh, yeah, I just just thought it sounded cool. A lot of people ask about that though. It is cool. So let's dive into that. Honestly, that that definitely is a topic of conversation for me, and one that we've talked about previously. What is what is the, you know, God's perception of, of fellowship, you know, among Christians or among people, you know? Yeah. I think we uh, yeah, we briefly touched on this a while back. I remember there was you know there are certain things as biblical principles and then creational principles. Uh, unity is one of those creational principles that is you know I think um, we, we what I mean by creational principles like it's like a universal idea that it's acknowledged whether or not you're in a religious group or not basically, mm-hmm. and so. You know, this is why you're able to have clubs or organizations or social gatherings where, or, or uh, you know, um, fellowships, uh, things like that. This is why they have fraternities, all these different kind of things. 
um, because we're we recognize that the idea that strength we're we're stronger together, we're we're, we're better together, and so fellowship has always been a you know it, it's it's been a, a universally upheld and you know sought after concept. Um, when it comes to the church, we recognize that we're you know we're we can't do the Christian life on our own. There's no real healthy rhythm of Christian living apart from the apart from the people of God. You can't be by yourself. There's like there the there's no Lone Ranger Christians, right? That's what we hear say all the time. Um, and so that idea is that you know when 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 we're together, we're able to hold each other accountable. We're able to you know share. In our griefs, sharing our joys, we're able to, uh, you know, keep ourselves protected from uh, from things that are not beneficial to us. And so, you know, because whenever one is, whenever one of us is isolated, you know what I mean, we're kind of le- leaving ourselves vulnerable to attack from the enemy. Mm-hmm. And so, it, we're we're much better together as a people than we are by ourselves. Um, and, and, and God commanded it. I mean, in, in uh, Hebrews 10, 10, 25, I believe it says, do not neglect to, um, to meet together as some are in the habit of doing. You know, there, there is a, uh, a call to be a part of a local body of believers. There's nobody, nobody can say, I love Jesus, but I don't love the church. A person who says that is really just exemplifying immaturity and at the very worst, you know, just, you know, unbelief. They don't. They don't really understand what they've been called to. Um, just in you know, in the same way that we are, when we're born, we're born into a family. When we're born again, we're also born into a family. That's the family of God. I like that a lot. So there's there's this importance of fellowship, right? But there's also this importance of solitude that is taught as well. Mm, it's good, you know, yeah. Let's touch on that a little bit and and talk about how to balance those two. Yeah, I think um, de- depending on the kind of wiring you may have as an individual, you know, that'll come either easier or harder for you. I know, for example, if you're introverted, you may have an easier time, you know, getting in the room by yourself and studying the word, reading the word and praying, you know, whether it, but if you're like an extrovert like me, you know, you, you feel more recharged and energized and, you know, <laughs> fueled up when you're around people. And and usually and usually people like myself have a harder time just uh, you know getting alone um, you know and for long periods of time in prayer or in, or in study. I mean, so I really have to you know make an intentional effort to get into a healthy rhythm of uh, devotion with you know reading my Bible and praying, um, you know, getting into my prayer closet so to speak. Um, but it is absolutely important. We we need to pursue. Uh, you know, time alone with God, just in the same way that, you know, for example, if you're in a relationship, if you're like in a husband and wife relationship, you know, you need to have, you need to have date nights. You need to have, um, you know, time where there's intimacy, times where there's growth, times where there's communication, you know, one-on-one, there's a lot of one-on-one there. Um, in discipleship relationships, same thing, you know, it's, it's not always going to be corporate. It's not always going to be, you know, a small group or, or Bible study. Sometimes it's just one-on-one mentoring or or discipling relationships in the same way, you know, we need to be willing to pursue time alone with God where he can speak to us through his word and we can speak to him through prayer. Is there a time when, you know, let's say we're having an off week or we're having an off day or, you know, there's something going on internally within us, you know, when would, when should we seek, like seek solitude 
and and get you know fueled by the word of God alone and when should we you know seek out uh, fellowship and, and you know seek help that way you know mm-hmm. um, well I think uh, that's just a matter of developing healthy rhythms of life um, I, I would say it was, it, it's ideal and even necessary I would say to you know cultivate intimacy with God alone daily you know what I mean make that the priority of your day before you get up before you do anything else you know spend some time alone with God whether it's 15 minutes in the word and prayer or you know um, uh, or some sometimes even an hour I know some people that do go like two three hours and you know like that would probably like, like forgive me for sounding unspiritual with that I, to me that's kind of hard <laughs> because I because I need like I'll get too jittery you know what I mean I'll, I'll need to go out and do some activity but you know but it's important to establish that as a priority in your day um, and, 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 and to and to kind of develop a healthy rhythm of, 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 of devotion and as far as you know meeting together you know there there is a sense in which when Jesus was with the 12 apostles right they, they, were, they didn't just kind of see each other from time to time. They were doing life together. They were meeting regularly. They were traveling together. You know what I mean? They were like, the, I think that's the best like term to coin right there, you know, doing life. You see, you, they're always together. They're always hanging out. Um, our context, particularly in the United States, is very individualistic. So we don't really... We don't really like that kind of stuff. We just kind of like, you know, let me come on Sunday. Let me come to the, or you know, and we'll do our, our praise and worship. We'll hear the message and then we're off on our way. You know what I mean? Try to talk as little as, little as possible. And then, you know, if I have some kind of need, I'll, I'll, I'll go to the church so I can be part of a group or part of a study. And that's it. But in reality, you know, it, it, it's the, the idea that God has for us is that that koinonia structure, the, you know, the, 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 the constant fellowship, the, you know, the doing life together. So um, ideally, it's good to um, develop a healthy rhythm of, you know, spending time alone with God daily and uh, frequent time time together with other believers. Yeah, a lot of what you're talking about here is understanding yourself, you know, mm-hmm. understanding how you work. Yeah. You know, I notice, I know, I notice the closer I get to God or the, the more mature my spiritual relationship gets, the more I'm able to understand myself. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, it's cool. It's cool to develop in that way, for sure. And so I'd like to open up a question. And you know, you're a big man of God, right? So I'd like to hear some, <laughs> a couple stories, maybe, or maybe one. I don't know, but some stories that you you know that God is living. You know, God is real. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll give you a really, really uh, simple one, man. One that actually, a very recent one, I would say. Yeah, I meant simple. Almost like some people would dismiss it as coincidence uh-huh. or call it silly. But so a few weeks ago, we're looking at our couch and our couch is kind of busted up and old. Um, and so we just said, hey, man, we're going to go and see if we can find a new, a new sofa, a new couch. And it just so happened that, you know, this place called Faith Farm is having a big sale. And, and last time we got a really good couch, we got it from there. So uh, but because of some some delays that I had, I wasn't able to make it to the sale on time. And I called my wife and I said, hey, baby, I'm sorry. I couldn't get the sofa or couch because uh, this, you know I came too late. It just so happened that that very weekend, that next day that weekend, I, uh, I was contracted for a moving job. 
and that moving job was up in Orlando. Right when I got there, the lady of the house comes out, shows me a picture and says, hey, we got this couch that we don't need. Uh-huh. And it was exactly the same kind of couch that we wanted and liked. And it was like, uh, it was like, man, God is so good. Thank you, Lord, for that. Mm-hmm. It was a mm-hmm. gift. You know, it, it's funny because we pray for really, really big things. But sometimes those little small things, we don't even think about praying or asking. But right there, you know, like we had to go, I had to go all the way to Orlando to do a moving job. It was like the, the providence of God is always amazing because there were so many little moving parts that had to be in place for that to happen. You know what I mean? Like, what, what is it? What are the odds that you, that you, that your couch is broken? You need a couch. You have a certain preference of couch. You know, you, you, you missed the sale. So you can't buy the couch. You you get contracted for a job uh, like two out two and a half hours away, where you can where you meet the person who has the couch that you need. That person happens to not need that couch anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like all those little things that you don't really think about, and it just like really really blessed me because it, it reminded me that God is not just in the big things, but He's in the small things. You know, He says He has even He has the hairs on our head counted. So you know how much like, but it also reminded me this man that you know He says seek first the kingdom of God. And all the other things will be added on to you. Mm. You know, if we're doing our part to prioritize the kingdom of God, he says, don't worry about everything else. I'll, I'll take care of every need that you have. And he has absolutely been doing that. I can attest to that. It's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah, bro. It's bro. a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful couch, too. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. So listen, man, you're up to some pretty cool things. And it's cool to see, you know, your day-to-day life and, and the vision that you have for yourself. You know, so I'd like to I'd like to reverse engineer for a second. You know? so, sure, so sure. let's look twenty years in advance. What does your life look like, and what what would you, what are you creating? You know, man, another loaded question. Uh, twenty years from now, I don't know if I even thought that far ahead. I would fifty two. I'm not trying to <laughs> age drop out here. I would love to. I would love to still be in you know in, in serving in ministry, right. ser- serving people. Um, you know, doing the Lord's work. I would love to have, you know, children who are, you know, under my, you know, under my care that I'm, you know, building up and, you know, training in the, in the gospel, you know, to also be servants of God and certain and, and servants for, for the church. Um, so that would be my main priority that I'm, lo- that I'm still loving my wife well and loving my family, that I'm proud, that I'm being a good example, um, that I, uh, you know, I, I, I I'm not sure whether or not I will be still helping with church planting or if I will be, you know, pastoring at some capacity, you know, but I, I do know that I want to be serving in the local church and, and, you know, that being a, you know, a major part of my life. So, uh, also, I mean, I'm not sure if at that point I would still be doing this, but I would still love to be making hip hop music. <laughs> so I, I was mean, waiting for that. Yeah, man, for, that. for sure. That would that was that's definitely definitely a you know a part of it. So um, you know that that's that's kind of the main thing that I see. You know, twenty years from now, um, I haven't even talked about work. You know what I mean? Work. I mean, whatever God brings my way, whether it's still doing real estate or helping my dad's business somehow, or you know fixing phone screens or whatever it is, all these little things that I do. I just know that I want to be involved in some capacity in serving, serving God in this church. Yeah, you know, you said, you know, God is first and all other things will be added unto you. And you're, yeah. you're a great living example of that. Oh, bro, you know? I appreciate that, man. Thank you. I don't always feel like it, to be honest. Well, the humbleness, you know, it's the humbleness that the weakness, you know, your willingness to mm. follow, even when times are tough. Mm. That makes you such a good follower. And then. And vice versa, a leader at the same time, you know. Lord to God, bro. 
So you said hip-hop music, right? Yes, yeah, sir. We've had some uh, hits together, haven't we? Bro, we made some heat, man. Some some dope songs, bro. I I, I, actually, I'm excited to have people hear them one of these days, man. I, I'm trying to get some of this stuff out. So what's your thought, man? Uh, how Does that tie? Does hip-hop music tie into your faith? And one, how strongly? And two, are you, are you passionately pursuing hip-hop music to, to glorify God. Yeah, yeah man. Uh, dude, that's always been a point of tension for me, bro. I, I've uh, I, I've related to um, this artist named Trip Lee for the longest time. Only he's so much more advanced than I am, but, you know, he's had to balance the call to pastor and also, you know, a hip-hop, a hip-hop career. He's, you know, one of the pioneers of Christian hip-hop, basically, and you know, an icon in the Christian hip-hop community. But he's, uh, you know, so he's always, you know, been vocal about, you know, the tension between, you know, continuing in his hip hop, you know, music career and also pursuing the call to being a pastor. And so, uh, you know, obviously on a much smaller scale, I've kind of felt that tension. I think for the most part, I've given most of my energy and um, dedication to doing ministry work hands on in the local church and not as much. Um, in hip hop, and 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 not that, and I would I don't regret that for a moment. I don't regret that I've served God, you know, the church and the Lord the way that I have. But what I do sometimes um, feel bad about is that I, I wish I had put more of my you know efforts into building up you know some uh, you know some some good projects, building some good projects through through music. I mean, and and, and I do it on a small scale. So you know, whenever there's some artists that they want to collaborate, I'll you know contribute an instrumental or a beat or something like that. But I never really produced a big project for myself. I'm working on one right now. I actually just released one song featuring a brother of mine named Shem Francis. Another shameless plug right there. Check it out, Gabriel One <laughs> on SoundCloud. Um, <laughs> And I hope, hopefully, we'll uh, you know begin to to put out a few a few songs, uh, you know, at least once a month, um, you know, in the next coming year, and hopefully building up to a project. Um, so yeah, I, I want to be more as as you know as much intensity as I'm putting into the ministry, you know, um, in, the, in the local church. I, I want to start putting more intensity into. Uh, you know, doing something with music because it is a, a huge passion of mine, something that I really want to see, um, you know, flourish. And I don't want to ever look back and say, man, I, I, I was really gifted at, at this particular thing, but I never did anything with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's good. And But I, I do want to challenge you a little bit and ask why you are gifted. You're extremely talented in the, in the musical arena. Thanks, um, bro. So why why do you think you're so gifted, you know? Is it? <laughs> Why do I think I'm so gifted? Oh man. Um, my 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 intention with that question is that God has gifted you with this talent, right? Okay. Yeah. So I sure. don't, you know, there's a level of of tension between pastoring and, and hip hop music, mm -hmm. but I think those are so intertwined for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you can you can use that hip hop music to pastor, you know, mm, okay. as a vessel, and you know, God gives you gifts for a reason. Yeah, right. yeah, and God has happened to give you that gift of you know music production. All right. So I hear the tension between the two, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't stress too much on it mm -hmm. because it is a gift from God for yeah. His glory. You know. Right, right, right. So it is for Him. Um, 
So I would, I would, I, I encourage you, and I'm, I want, I will be on your back to, to move in that direction because I do believe that, you know, it's, it's not, it's not just a passion of yours; it's a gift of yours. You wow. know, that can be used. Well, thank you, bro. Appreciate that, man. Definitely. You know, you know what's funny, man, is like sometimes like the tension will come from things like, for example, yesterday, a, a really good brother of mine, somebody who is, um, you know, doing his thing in the kingdom and. You know, using his gifts, he called me up and just out of the blue, just kind of like spoke words to me that were saying like he was saying something along the lines of, you know, I, I believe that you have a calling, you know, in ministry, you know, and, and just kind of conf- affirm that in me. You know what I mean? Kind of like from f- uh, fan the flame, mm. you know. And but at the same time, you know, there's well, if, if ever I'm hanging out with people in the hip hop community, they're like, bro, why ain't you doing mm. more with, with why ain't you doing more with with your music? You know what I mean? So I'm getting like affirmation on both of these fronts. And I see and it seems like the only thing that's really stopping me, you know, from moving further in the music thing is myself. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Like, like whether it's, you know, false humility or fear that perhaps I'm not good enough or. You know that maybe I'll get too prideful because because I know I'm good. You know what I mean. And hip hop, you know, it's kind of it's kind of the yeah. You it know, comes with it. It comes. With it, it comes with it. You kind of have yeah. to have that like disposition towards you. Like yeah, I know I know I'm I'm good. I know I'm one of the greatest. But you know, for for me, it's kind of hard to carry that humbly. How do I? How do you carry a? How do you carry that kind of confidence with humility? So you know, it's a great point. <laughs> it's a great point. And I think you know how you do that. And you know, I'm speaking internally as well towards me as well but i think how you do that is just you you have one a strong foundation Mm -hmm, and two you know why you know you know why you're confident about these things and you know why you have you know you are this talented in this area and uh you know you just you just stay in that word word that's good bro what a cool dude so much drive and ambition to spread the word of god thanks for listening I'd love to hear your thoughts on the topics we discussed. Next week, we sit down with an amazing young lady that goes by the name of Allie Landez. Allie is from Pennsylvania, and two years ago, she found herself in Florida recovering from an eating disorder. Fast forward to today, she's going to school to study to become a pastoral counselor to help people find the freedom that she has found. Such an inspiring journey full of so much hope, healing, and courage. You're not going to want to miss this one. Go ahead and subscribe, and I'll send it over to you next week. That's it for now. Thanks for listening to Convos with God. Remember to stay calm, have faith, study God's word, and the rest will fall into place.